Hello, friends, and welcome to a golf podcast unlike any other. This is Fairway Rollin' on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. Every week on Fairway Rollin', it is myself and our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, talking all things professional golf, amateur golf, amateur betting, professional betting, amateur drinking, professional drinking by birdie buddies. If you want to hit them straight out there, please check out Fairway Rolling every week. Available on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hulu. Hey there. You know that Hulu has movies, right? Well, if you didn't, we're here to tell you. Hulu has movies. Hulu has acclaimed movies like All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Suncoast starring Woody Harrelson and Laura Linney and Cat Person with Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun. They even have a bunch of movies that we've already done on the rewatchables. So head on over to Hulu if you like movies because you guessed it, Hulu has movies. This episode is brought to you by USAA Auto Insurance. Life is full of tough decisions. Thanks to USAA Auto Insurance, picking your auto coverage is not one of them. Make the switch to USAA Auto Insurance and find out how much you could save. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. The Rewatchables is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you cannot find Wesley Morris because he works for the New York Times. But every once in a while, we bring him in. And for a gimmick like courtroom month, <laughs> I had to fly you across country to be in this. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about A Time to Kill. Just a fascinating mid-90s pop culture time capsule. What I can't a wait. A Time to Kill is next. An innocent child, now a nair protect, an outraged father. He's taking justice out of your hands. Two lawyers fighting for justice. Do you think he was crazy when he did it? From the author of The Firm and The Client comes a time audiences will always remember. A riveting thriller, the best Grisham yet. Quit now and all this for nothing. Sandra Bullock, Samuel L. Jackson, Matthew McConaughey, Kevin Spacey, A Time to Kill. All right, so we're doing courtroom month. Before we talk about A Time to Kill, Wesley, you've yeah. won two Pulitzers. You've written an incredible amount about movies. You're working on a book called I'm Almost Done With My Book <laughs> about movies. Uh, the court movie we talked about in the Primal, Primal Fear pod we did, that this was an actual era in the 90s. So A Time to yes. Kill came out in 96, same year as, as Primal Fear. And you have all the Grisham books you have the OJ trial and we just have this moment with courtroom movies, but they also, we go back to the sixties and the fifties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now we don't have them as much. So what happened in your opinion? <sighs> okay. So I think that court TV, we had this era where there was court TV. We had, you know, murder, death, law, law and order, but the more, order the law part of the order was mm. was a part of our lives in this different way i think that the podcast did not help i think you the know true crime documentary true crime documentaries i also think that there's something about nobody's who's writing these things now right like what any courtroom thing you'd get now would be ripped from the headlines 
sense. Like it would be something based on a thing that we all needed adjudicated in some way. Yeah. Right. Like the OJ Simpson trial um, became the Ryan Murphy show. And then the Edward right. Ezra Edelman episodes. documentary. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the other thing that happened, I mean, this is just, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head. I also think that this era died at the end of the Clinton administration. Oh. 9-11 happened. Just all this real world adjudication, right? Like in some ways it was the beginning of our loss of interest in trashy entertainment that we can't also just get on our phones. I think there's a, like a way in which all our social justice, civic duty, um, moral outrage just kind of overwhelmed our ability to just like want entertainment in some way. And so I nobody think, wanted to be entertained in a courtroom that was over to the side. The stakes seemed too high, right? I'm just thinking about all the movies from the 90s that were set in courtrooms. I mean, this would include things like The Rainmaker and Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. You know. Sleepers. Sleepers. Oh, my God. Sleepers. Yeah. But, you know, you couldn't really do those movies now. There's something about the way that the journalist movie has kind of overtaken mm. the courtroom drama. So what's the time to kill in 2023? Oh other than definitely does not have a white director. <laughs> what other? That movie doesn't even get made in 2023. Oh, you don't even think it gets made? No, nah, I don't think so. I think because... You would have to change. I mean, I guess if you changed the race of most of the people in the movie, like it, Matthew McConaughey would have to be Michael B. Jordan. Right. Um, or someone of that ilk. And you couldn't. I don't know. There's something about the blatancy of this movie. There's so many things that just wouldn't happen now. Right. It couldn't be trashy the way this movie is. It couldn't be as interested in the KKK as this movie is. Um, Even in Roger Ebert's review, he he kind of mentions that, like, man, they're kind of, in a weird way, glamorizing this side, like in a way that I'm a little uncomfortable with. They got a Woody for the KKK. I'm just yeah. like, I mean, they're just really into it. And the fact of the matter is, there's no Joel Schumacher of you know 2023. There's never just like. Joel Schumacher basically made everything from, I think he did, did he do the, the costumes or the sets for The Wiz. And, you know, had The Lost Boys, The St. Elmo's Fire, Flatliners. I mean, we'll talk about it. But, like, he was the right director to make a movie that really had no idea what it meant to go to the Deep South and investigate uh, the murder, the rape of a black girl by what we, I mean, I guess, clan seedlings. Two redneck scumbags, And we then could the say. murder of the redneck scumbags by the father of that black girl. Well, the Schumacher piece of this, Senomos Fire, Lost Boys, he's doing music videos. There's an eye candy element to it. But he always, like, gravitated to stars. Yes. To and, his credit, yes. And to his detriment in some ways. And by the way, A Time to Kill was a huge movie. Yes. That is still on a lot. Uh -huh. It's always on streaming services. It used to always be on cable. It turned McConaughey into an A-lister immediately. Maybe even like a borderline A-plus lister. This was the machine 
this is one of the last machine oriented star making phenomena. And it's got right? Sam two years after Pulp Fiction, mm -hmm. who is, and I think Lethal Weapon 3 is right in between there. And he's now yep. also a star. And he's wait, really. Oh, wait, uh, Die Hard, right? Uh, Die Hard 3, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's a real star in this movie. And I think both of them are excellent in this movie. I have a He's, really complicated. Sam Jackson is really. I have a really complicated relationship with this movie because I thought it was awesome in the theater. I didn't know any better. <laughs> then as the years pass, I'm like, hey, wait a second. And then by the time you get to like the 2010s, like, wow, they wouldn't make this movie now. But why is it so compelling still? And why is McConaughey so good? And oh my God, Sandra Bullock's in this. Yes. At like the peak of her powers. And Ashley Judd's in it at the peak of her powers. Listen, and I wrote, evil Kiefer Sutherland at the peak of his powers. Just like, let's just talk about who is in this movie, even briefly. Brenda Fricker. Brenda Fricker Academy with a Southern Award accent. Award winner. Terrible like, yeah, Southern well, accent. There's, nobody's got a good Southern accent in this movie. Except Our guy Oliver Platt. Yep. Octavia Spencer. Charles Dutton. Uh, both Sutherlands, actually. You get a, you get a rare... Double Sutherland. Double Sutherland. Yeah. Donald and Kiefer. Chris Kevin, Cooper. Kevin Spacey, Chris Cooper, Kurtwood Smith. Not Kurtwood Smith as the head of the KKK, but yes. Oh, I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that. Well, the big the big thing with this movie and the reason that I think it hit like it did, other than the Grisham books, we were kind of waiting for, I still really like The Firm. Mm -hmm. As um, a movie? As a movie. Oh, yeah. We did. That yeah. was one of the first yeah. rewatchables I think we did. Um, but I think people... There was too much cruise. People nitpicked a little. I think it's aged really nicely. Mm. But this one, I think people are like, this is finally the big Grisham movie with all the right stars told the right way. But the McConaughey piece was, that was the walk away from the theater. Like, whoa, that guy, yeah. him crying in the final scene, oh, or the yeah. final courtroom scene, yeah. was yeah. like a real moment. It was a real moment for the 90s. That speech. It's incredible. I mean, there are, so I don't know how we're taxonomizing these movies because it's courtroom month and we have to sort of acknowledge that there are tropes in these films, right? Well, there I are had, things they we, all have to do. We'll in get Primal into Fear, it. we did like nine of them. We have a couple good ones here but that we'll get to. They all kind of have this one thing in common, which is that it always comes down to either one or two things. Sometimes both those things. Like somebody on the stand flipping the fuck out and then the closing statement. Right. I had the the trope in this, the lawyer egging the person on <laughs> with Spacey and Sam Jackson here. He just keeps nudging, nudging, and then family Sam gives it to us. Um, I, the other trope that's in here is the prosecutor finding out who the defendant's attorney is and doing the evil laugh. Oh, yeah. He got Jake Brigands. <laughs> it's always, always good. You always know it's not great for the, uh, for the defense attorney if that's happening. But yeah, the speech... How many times have people tried to nail the speech in these movies? The verdict has Newman. That's one of the more interesting things of his career, but it's not like this awesome, bombastic speech, no, right? No, It's no. very subtle. He comes, he sits back down. Jack Warden kind of rubs his shoulder, and it's kind of a moment. But for the most part, the speech was what, in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the speech was always the moment. We're, we're going to, spoiler alert, do Injustice for All as part of courtroom month. And Pacino, I mean, I mean, that's probably the pinnacle. That's that's like top three of all time. Is it fair to say this is the best moment of McConaughey's career? As an actor? Yeah. I got to tell you, 
I remain partial, and I know this is not this is not high praise, but from me to him, it is the Wolf of Wall Street. I thought you were going to say How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. <laughs> no, but I do the, love that the Nick scene. I love I love him and Kate Hudson. They were together. great Just, together. I mean, come on, yeah, like, great together. Perfect. I my favorite McConaughey moment is Wolf of Wall Street. It is the perfect use of him. It's great. He kind of the funny super skinny in it though. He's like disorientally skinny because he just he came up Dallas Buyers Club. Byers yeah, Club body. But I I think that there's something. Okay, here's what I, I'm going to say this, and it's not going to be popular, but I don't okay. I don't care. That's why you're here. I think he is better in small doses. Oh, it's like a if, supporting if actor. You think about. I mean, at least if I'm laying out my favorite Matthew McConaughey performances. They're all brief. Many of them. Like Dazed and Confused, Wooderson. Yeah. Like, or what's the Christian Bale movie? Ring of Fire, Hellfire, Rain of Fire. That's what it is. Yeah. How long is he in that movie? Magic Mike, same thing. I mean, he is a person who is really good at a a walk-on designated hitter. That's his job. The idea that he is like the team captain, unless... I'm less so you, you didn't like him in this movie? He's good. He's good. It's definitely the kind of performance I remember. Okay. Let's, can we go back to 1996 for a What's, second? It's time. I was exactly the right age for the introduction of this person. You weren't working yet as a critic or anything? No. Yeah, yeah, I was still... like 17 years old. Right. and Or 18 years old. And wait, no. I was like 20. Oh, so you're in 20. college at yeah. this point. And... He was on so many magazine covers before the movie came out. The whole, I really want to talk about this. The the mechanism was in full blast. I, By 96, they knew, they was like, here's, this guy's a star. He's coming. And it wasn't like Julia Roberts, right? That was organic. Right. That was America saying, nope, we vote for this person. And yep. we vote again for this person. This was more like Hollywood saying, listen. I think we we smell a crisis. Ain't no men. We're running out of men. Yeah, we got to start manufacturing something. Crew's getting a little gamey. Yeah, we don't know what's gonna happen with that guy. Not sure about that Brad Pitt guy yet. And yeah, and Brad Pitt wasn't Leo's a little too young. I mean, DiCaprio. Yeah, I mean, he was. That hadn't really cracked yet because Titanic hadn't happened, and neither had I think Romeo and Juliet had come out. Maybe. He's too young. Like he never could have been Jake. So they needed somebody who was fully formed as a masculine, virile presence who also hearkened in some way back to old Hollywood. And, and he had the he had the legitimate Southern accent, which helped him. He had a real Southern Sleepers accent. Sleepers comes out the same year and they're still trying to make Jason Patrick happen. Yeah. Well, and it just, he never totally got there. But Jason Patrick had 10 years yeah. of not happening. Right. Poor guy. But got a, got a few big at-bats. But the thing about McConaughey is he, he seemed like Paul Newman again, right? Yeah. And I remember one of the cracks was, well, I mean, it wasn't a crack. Everybody compared him to Paul, to Paul Newman. He had the eyes. He had the kind of, he's not as beautiful as Paul Newman, not as perplexingly handsome as Paul Newman, but- he was hot in a similar way, right? Um, but the question was, because nobody knew. Yeah. Could this, what, like, he's on all the magazine covers, but nobody's seen him do anything yet. And they're like, not to spoil, but the last scene in the courtroom is, some, but, but they were very careful. Yes. It's like, yes. almost like, uh, 
like there's a twist in the crying game. It was like one of those. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. spoiler is that he breaks down during the scene in a really authentic way that like you get choked up watching it. It's yes. a, it's really a great moment. I saw in the theater. I was with my buddy Hopper in San Francisco. We're about to go to Vegas. We want to see a movie. We went to go see it together at like four o'clock on a <laughs> Thursday. And all of a sudden that scene happens and we're like trying not to look at each other because I'm like, I'm kind of choked up right now. Oh, yeah. McConaughey's going there. But to watch somebody get organically choked up like that in a movie, it's pretty rare. We I... see people try to do it, but like he almost like breaks down. Like it almost seems like he's got to like stop the filming for a yeah, second. I, didn't, I don't know. Maybe you read something about how that scene happened, but it seemed... It just seemed to come out of him in this very credible way. And it was the whole movie. I think one of the problems with the movie is that it it either it's simultaneously (laughs) too much of him and not enough. Yeah. You know, Um, it's one of those. I mean, I wrote this in my notebook like this is a big blockbuster drama. We don't make those anymore. This movie was not out there trying to win a bunch of Oscars. Because they gave it to Joel Schumacher, and they yeah. all—I mean, at that point, by 1996, we all know this is not going to be. A this is a race car. It's a right. Grisha movie. It comes out they, at the height of summer, loaded cast, and it just is meant to make the person at its center a star, and to maybe bolster the credibility and popularity of the two people on its sides, right? Like Sandra Bullock, who this is post speed. I think while you were sleeping had come out, but she maybe already filmed this. I don't know, but because while you were sleeping is ninety five, right? Yep. Um. So we've all we all we all with we've begun to vote for her, but she still to me in this movie has that Julia Roberts obviously said no vibe, right? She's oh, interesting. Still, like it me, wasn't quite a big enough part for Julia, it, right? I mean, I felt like everything that Sandra Bullock did from you know while you were sleeping. To, I mean, when's the moment when I kind of like stopped thinking this? I don't remember what the what the Sandra Bullock I'll tell you this. would have been. Forces in nature, like Julia Roberts said, no, like all those movies. It's like the, she was the not market correction, but something else. This is good. This is the. It's the, This it's, is like a new theory for me. The who said no? Who? Well, who said no? It's like the. It's like substitute teacher. Like Julia yeah. can't make it today. Here's here's Sandra Bullock. I okay. had this as a backup hottest take ever. Because we have the hottest take segment later. I think this is the best. This is the hottest Sandra Bullock's ever been in a movie for oh, me. Interesting. I think she looks great. I was thinking about She's that. just throwing 100 miles an hour on this movie. Well, you know what I love about it is everybody looks like themselves still. But sweaty. But sweaty. And solving racism. Yes. And then we solve racism at the end with the barbecue. <laughs> We're going to get to The kids to are going to play together. We're going to get to great. that. We're going to get to it. Um, but I love how fleshy everybody is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody's like, nobody seems anorexic. Everybody's got right. like, like just juicy skin. It's all, you want to put some salt, take a bite. Just, mm. Ashley Judd looks great. Ashley Judd looks great. I mean, the idea that you've got a movie where Matthew McConaughey has to choose between Sandra Bullock at the peak of her sexiness yeah, and Ashley Judd Who's also who thrown in the high nineties? Is, is like about to like crack open, you know, stardom wise. What a choice, <laughs> right? I feel like Ashley Judd had already kind of happened because he came out the previous year. Right, Ruby and Paradise had already yeah. happened. Wait, had it? Yes, Ruby and Paradise had happened. It was it was he did happen full bloom for her. At but this, this is point. before Double Jeopardy and before um uh um 
what's the obvious thing that I'm not, that just went out of my brain? Double Jeopardy? No, before Double Jeopardy. There's another one. Um, that had she did a couple Morgan Freeman ones. Yes, Kiss the Girls. Anyway, she had not become a movie star. Um, she was in the way me. that right, but well, the one know. the Sam piece of this can't be understated because we're two years off of Pulp Fiction, yes. which is a legendary Niners performance, and this is a guy that had been in our lives for a while, and he's really good in this movie. Where what happened between Pulp Fiction and this though? I can't remember. I thought it was Die Hard 3, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. All right, that's the thing I'm not remembering. Um, he... But this is before, by the late 90s, what, once he gets killed in Deep Blue Sea, we move to a different <laughs> version yeah. of Sam Jackson. <laughs> yes. He becomes a little more popcorny. He becomes a little more, wait, you're paying me in cash, right? He starts doing comic book movies eventually. He grows Michael Caine. We're still Michael in Kane. serious actor Sam Jackson era. In yeah. 96. Yeah. And he's really good in this, despite a lot of things, which I guess we're going to talk about. Um, And then Spacey. Yeah. Who, at this point in 96, he hasn't won the best actor yet. That's still three years away. But I think. But he's got the, he's got he's the got usual the suspects Oscar. He's got, the, oh, that's right. He's yeah. got usual suspects. He would have just won that too. Right. Yeah. And kind of was in the discussion for best, like over, best, like adult actor. Yes. He's at least in the conversation now for that. Although you watch that, you watch this movie and you're like, wait, this guy's just pure ham. Right. He doesn't, he's not trying to be serious. Well, with his little, yeah, he's got his little <laughs> Southern accent. Hold on. I'm looking up to Sam. Sam had, Pulp, God damn, his IMDb might be the longest. Oh, uh, for sure. Pulp Fiction. Oh, Kiss of Death. Oh, yes. Wiping his eye. Oh. Still haven't done that on rewatchables. Oh. Dired oh. with a Vengeance. Did he's Long in Kiss Good Night happen yet? Heart Eight, A Time to Kill, and Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh. He did five movies in 1996. Um, I would pay a lot of money to hear you and Chris Ryan talk about Long Kiss Goodnight, which I think is one of the it's best on the list. best action movies I've ever seen. So let's hear it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this film had two Academy Award winners when At they least, made it. Oh, when but they, now yeah. it has six. Because it's Spacey and Brenda Fricker, then McConaughey, Bullock, Chris Cooper, and Octavia Spencer. So yep. six yep. Oscar winners. And then from a McConaughey standpoint, um, he doesn't get nominated for this. Um, nobody does. Nobody gets, nobody gets nominated for this. But Best Supporting Actor, um, that was Cuba Gooding wins. We did this during the Ed Norton Primal Fear one. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know, Sam. This is Mi Jeffrey Rush. This the year Jeffrey yeah, Rush. Yeah, he might have he might have bumped out James Woods and Ghosts of Mississippi <sighs> if we redid that. I don't know. Oh, we sure. I mean, but that at the time, that was a talking. That was the thing people were talking about. Yeah, was like he was he was one of the snubbies, and it was like really. I believe that was a Jesse Jackson year mm. where Jesse was just like, oh, what are we doing? So we're doing this um, movie about Megger Evers' assassin, but but nothing about the fight for justice of a man who actually was doing something to like protect the lives of black people. Let's talk about the, the race. Just go. I'm going to give you the four. 1996 <sighs> to now 27 years have passed. <laughs> There's just things that this movie does that just would not happen in 2023. Does it almost nullify the movie for you? Or are you able to watch it with like understanding that this was 1996 and sure. 
But I want to say one thing about, because, you know, there's a way that you and I talk about things that would never happen now. Yeah. And often it's a lament, right? Like, you know, you just, you couldn't make this, like, there are no stars to make a version of this movie now, right? Like, you wouldn't have, how would you fill this out, right? Well, the biggest lament is, why isn't, like, Carl Lee's family... How are they not bigger characters in this movie? Well, exactly. And also Sam Jackson's wife is playing his wife in the movie. And it's like, just there's some meat on that bone over there. And instead we're going in this Donald Sutherland, Brenda Fricker direction. hang out with all these. All the white people. KKK members. Yeah. It is like, but the I'm just saying that this movie is an example of something that would not happen now that I, I don't think should happen now. Right? Yeah. And the... The problem with this movie, I mean, there's a lot of problems with it. The thing, number one, um, who's the screenwriter again? Uh, this is the guy who who wrote, I, I never saw his name again. I don't remember having seen it before that, before this movie. I, I don't, you know, the book is way more complicated. It says it's John Grisham and Akiva Goldsman. Oh, Akiva Goldsman, right. I'm thinking of um, thinking of a different movie. Akiva did other stuff. Later. Yeah. Um, Akiva Goldsman, you know, he's been around. He's written a lot of things. There's a kind of, you know, formulaic aspect to this movie. The reason to think about it, you know, fondly as a big blockbuster drama is that it's one of these movies, like now you would, it would be so narrow. It would just be about the court case. You would never leave. It would be way more self-conscious. House. Right. I love that, like, okay, you're going to make a full, big, you know, chunky, heavy movie, and nobody's going to tell you what you can and cannot do. You have a whole book to play with. Let's see what kind of imagination you demonstrate in terms of where your screenwriterly interests take you. Mm. And I kind of love that when we're not in the courtroom, we're in a house, we're in a bar, we're in, you know you know, somebody else's bar. There's some like plot shenanigans to like move the mystery of the plot forward. Every 10 minutes, McConaughey's getting tormented by somebody or his house is about to get right. blown his up. House or, almost, yeah, his he's house in danger constantly. Constant danger. But the problem is my human curiosity. Like if you want me to care about these people, yeah, the only people in this movie I care about live in Sam Jackson's house. Yeah. The worst thing that could happen to a family that doesn't result in an actual death happens. One of the kids gets beaten and raped and the patriarch gets sent to prison for murdering in her defense. Yeah. Like, and then we don't see them again for an hour and a half. Who cares about the fucking lawyer? Yeah. I don't want to spend time with this man. I mean, he is played by Matthew McConaughey, which really matters, but morally, emotionally, dramatically, you only want to be, with the family who's living with this tragedy and every minute you do not spend with them, it just feels, it feels like a crime is being committed. And to have to spend that time with Kiefer Sutherland. Or how about resolving the <laughs> McConaughey, Ashley Judd marriage? I mean. But you know, I think it's important to point out that uh-oh. this is kind of how Hollywood worked I, in the nineties where it's like, do we have an awesome part for our lead person that, that when we can blow out and put yes. on posters and yes. put on talk shows yes. and do the whole thing? And that was what they cared about the most for a movie like this. And that was why they liked these Grisham books. <sighs> yeah. Because they they moved along a certain way. They were smart. You felt like you left each. I read all those books in the 90s. 
and you felt you finished a book, you're like, oh, the legal process. I feel like I understand a little more. I'm really interested yep. in yep. this, this, and this. But when you read the books, you always thought of like, I remember reading The Firm, whatever summer that came out, and being like, man, this is such an obvious movie. I wonder who would play Mitch McDeer. Mm. You just started thinking about who that you as you read the book. Play him? Tom Cruise. Oh. <laughs> it was clearly going to be Tom Cruise. And then you read this, this, you read A Time to Kill, and you're like, Oh, that would also be Tom Cruise. It was mm. just Tom Cruise yeah. went to your head for each part. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Tom Cruise would have worked. He would not. He was too old. Too. Um, Also, too, also Tom Cruise with the Southern accent. Yeah. Which, to his credit, I don't think he's ever done. So McConaughey you know, feels right for the part. I can't think of anybody else who could do it this. Any, any future or current star, I can't think of anybody who would be as convincing in this part. You can imagine them giving it to Christian Bale or somebody like that, but that oh, also I, I got a great work. casting with it for you um, later. Oh boy. But I think the, you know, the thing about this movie is it takes too long to get real about what's happening because for a lot of it, you know, I'm sitting there watching this thinking, okay, these are, these strike me as some very credible Southern legal courtroom machinations, right? Like Kevin Spacey seems like a perfectly plausible district attorney. Yeah. Um, running for office. Rufus. Yeah. I mean, you know, it makes perfect sense for the judge to operate the way the judge operates. Um, I believe the jury is all white. And they, you know, everything about the mechanics of the case makes sense. But there's a point at which the movie has clearly chosen, and you can tell because Latanya Richardson Jackson. We don't know who she is. <laughs> We've never seen this woman before. We've seen her hug her kid a couple times right. and look sad in the courtroom. But there's enough close-ups there to tell me that they filmed probably some stuff that just didn't make it into the movie. Because it's over two hours. It's so long that you got to believe it was at least three hours. And that a lot of the stuff that did, there's a phone call that I'm sure Ashley Judd makes after the house gets blown up. Why doesn't she call? I'm sure she made that call and was like, what the fuck is going on over there? Yeah. And there's, there's gotta be a lot of scenes between that community where the Jackson, where the, where the, you know, where Jackson's family lives, Carl Lee and his family, you know, that's a big community when you see them all come out and hang out at the barbecue, like. I, Why are they just a bunch of counter. extras? <laughs> I think it's more likely they didn't film any of those scenes. It's with the possible. family. I am giving these people the benefit of the doubt. I like, think this is just the way movies work back I then. I know, I know, but... They're like, how are we going to get people to come see this? Well, we'll build it around the white lawyer, and he's going to love Triangle with Sandra Bullock and Ashley <laughs> Judd. And then at the end, he's going to take his kid to a barbecue. We're going to solve racism. It's just so bad. But I, I think... Even at the time, though, that seemed unacceptable to me. As a teenager, I was just like, this is not great. There's one other piece that I think this movie at a $40 million budget made $152 million, which is yeah, a that seems decent chunk of coin for yeah. 1996. We're coming off the OJ verdict mm -hmm. in 1995, mm -hmm. which was the first time for a lot of people where we were like, wait, there were, you know, I was in Boston. It's like, wait, there's people that, are celebrating that OJ got off? What's going on here? Listen. Yeah. Listen. I mean, that's basically what Ezra's, Ezra's doc is about. And then this comes a year later and it's kind of tapping into something. It's this scab on the arm that you, you're kind of still like, is that a scab? What's going on? And then this movie and it just, we kind of keep going from a pop culture standpoint where people are. Did that work for the, you? 
No, but you feel you felt it in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. especially the scenes where it's like all the whites on one side, all the blacks on the other side, and they're screaming at each other, and you're like, oh, it, it just was very close to the OJ trial, which was really an open wound. You know, one thing to just like stay in the sort of production aspect of this part of what we're well, the way we're thinking about this movie. One of the things I hate about movies, especially bad ones. Says, says someone who loves movies. I always says, love it here. Says yeah. a person who loves movies. I hate crowd sequences. I hate them. They're mm. always bad. They have to hire extras because you can't, I mean. Right. Like, 300 people. But I don't know what the first or second assistant director is responsible for doing in these sequences, but I'm sure they're involved. I just never, I rarely believe them. Where there's just like, okay, you guys over here are just going to shout whatever comes to mind. And you guys over here are going to shout whatever comes to mind. Okay, action. And then you just, you don't believe it. Like, they're shouting the same thing for free Carly, free Carly. And then I don't know what the KKK, white supremacist, white racist townspeople are shouting. But I I. The stakes seem simultaneously appropriately high, but also hard to believe given right. how rigid and generic both sides look. Everybody just looked like like an extra. And at the same time, because it comes out in the middle of the summer, there is this action movie element to the stakes where you know something's going to pop off in the crowd and that violence is going to ensue. And... I just feel like the movie was more interested in the sort of physicalization of the racial tension than in the the sort of dramatic explication or exploration of that tension. Well, and especially as I've gotten older, now I have kids, and you're watching from a different lens. You're like, well, you know, this is a what would I do movie. You watch Carl Lee, and it's like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. So, right. He's, yeah. okay, he's getting justice for his daughter. What would I do? Most people are like, if anyone did anything to my kids, I would kill them. But it's like, would you? And then you you watch him doing it and you're completely on his side. He's about to commit a double murder. Um, but at, what, becoming a dad, watching that part, yeah. I just thought way more about putting myself in that shoes versus like when I was in my mid-20s, I'm just in McConaughey's shoes, right? It's like, oh, there's... The but lawyer. I'm just thinking like him. Isn't this the point? I mean, this becomes the point of the movie, but it's kind of too late, right? Because nobody's been thoughtful about this at all, except the except the guy whose life is on the line in terms of coming up with some kind of defense to get him to get him free. Roger Ebert, three stars. Oh, Roger. I remember this review, actually. I was absorbed by A Time to Kill and found the performances strong and convincing, especially the work by Samuel L. Jackson and Matthew McConaughey. This is the best of the film version of the Grisham novels, I think, and it's been directed with skill by Joel Schumacher. Roger. That is maybe the... I'm sure Joel Schumacher framed that. (laughs) She's like, thanks. Oh, my God. A nice review. I mean, St. Elmo's Fire was a fucking banger. I'll still defend Joel to the death on you, that one. You can do it. Go on. Listen. You break my heart, Billy. When when you're in our age area, that man is responsible for- A lot of popcorn a movies. A lot of pleasure. The Lost Boys doesn't really hold up as a movie, but if you were there at the time, it was really exciting. What were the vampires going to do? 
um, his interest in movie well, stars. Well, you know I love 8mm. Right. Oh, no. Come, no. On. come no. on. We already did that on Rewatchables. I'm just, not going to apologize I, either. You sh- Well, okay. 8mm is great. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break and come back to the categories. This episode is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. You can do it all right in the USAA app. And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them which could put your wallet at ease too, by the way. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Walmart Plus. Walmart Plus, the membership that helps you save on things you expect, plus the things you don't. I mean, did you realize you could save on gas? Did you realize you can save on free delivery from your store with no markups whatsoever? Do you realize you can get a Paramount Plus subscription included? Take it up a night. Paramount has some great stuff, including a couple of my favorite shows of all time. With Walmart Plus, you save on all of this, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial today at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus essential plan only. Separate registration required. $35 order minimum. See walmart.com slash plus for details. Start a free 30-day trial at walmartplus.com. Most rewatchable scene. Okay. Charles S. Dutton, we didn't mention. We did not talk about Charles, who was like hot at that moment. He was on, I think Rock, Rock was over at that point. The the un, most underrated TV show. Yeah. Rock. I like when he arrests the two guys mm-hmm. and then it goes to Jake finding out from Chris Cooper what happened. It's just, a, it's a good setup. Yeah. But I like, that's happened a few times where somebody does something horrible at the beginning of the movie and then they end up at some bar in the South and the sheriff shows up. It's a little bit of a trope. Yeah, I, I like that, but the guys don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah Nikki Cat yeah. is one of the racists. And, oh, yeah. Um, and the other okay. one was that, that uh, Doug, what's his name? The, uh, hold on, I have it written down. Doug, Doug Hutchinson. He was the guy, he was like in his 50s and he married the 18-year-old actress. Remember that song? No. I don't I'm, I'm going on a tangent. Um, next rewatchable scene. I mean, Sam shoots everybody I just wrote down. It's pretty watchable. <laughs> yeah. As for an action scene, it's pretty good. It's a little shameless. Well, I mean, he comes yeah. out, he comes out of the shadows. I actually think I like when movie... he got, I like when people go in the night before. Oh, yeah. When you're like, oh boy, this isn't gonna be good. This movie probably has more in common with JFK than I think anybody was really oh, willing yeah. to to talk about at the time. Yeah, but it's just as trashy. It is it 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 it's not as sophisticated ideologically as JFK. Like there's all this talk about the New South, but yeah. nobody in the movie seems to really know what that means. But that basically means is we have other ways of humiliating black right. people, and y'all out here raping and and beating up black girls. That's the old South. The new South works in this other way. Right. And Kevin Spacey and, you know, that that part of the system is is the is the face of of the so-called new South in this movie. I have the first trial, the first trial scene before they pick the jury when uh, Sandra Bull comes in with her motion. 
Mm-hmm. Kiefer side eyes her with the oh, evil Kiefer look. Yes. She's like, oh, this is good. This is going the right direction. Um, Carl Lee going to see Chris Cooper after mm-hmm. he shot him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So he's going to get me. Carl Lee turning the table on the Reverend the NSAP. Yes. Um, yes. Whereas, like, I always like that. Uh, the second, the, the, the McConaughey Bullock scenes are good in this movie, but the second scene when they're at lunch and it gets a little flirty and she walks off and, um, yeah, I just think they do good work together. Just that one scene, the going back to the hotel to the, well, hotel, that, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the, the courtship yes. of getting her in the case. Right. That was good. That's good. I just wrote down. I always love jury selection in any movie or TV show. Give what is me great about jury selection? jury selection? Should that just be a show? Jury selection? I mean, you know, if you I'm crossing you- out four, 18, <laughs> 25, that guy's wearing a jet shirt. He's out. Cross him off. I mean, I did you. Are you watching jury duty? The show? I haven't watched it, but my wife and daughter loved it. It's really good. Yeah. And part of what's so good about it is. The thing about the reason you love jury selection is that it's like speed dating for people you don't want in your life. Right. But mixed in with some real terrible morality. Right. I mean, the rationale for getting rid of the people on the jury is like a separate apparatus that also seems to me to be very American. Yeah. Right. Like what is what is the basis upon which we can rig this thing to go our way, but we're each going to take turns trying to rig it. Yeah. It's just, it's so wild. That and nobody that's gets how to protect anyone. Nobody's no. like, I'm going to keep four, like an expansion draft. Number four is on my team. You can't touch. But it's the best game of humanity that you're ever going to play yeah. because it's, it's real and there are stakes. Chris Cooper, AKA Deputy Looney, on the stand. I got a little girl. Somebody rapes her. He's a dead dog. I'll blow him away just like Carl Lee did. Objection, Your Honor. Do you think the jury should convict Carl Lee Haley? Don't answer that question, Deputy. He's a hero. You turn him loose. Jury will disregard. You turn him loose. Your Honor, you silence that witness. Turn him loose. It's a great scene. That's You turn him loose. I mean, the key with courtroom movies is you need like three scenes like that where it's like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, if you can come up with, this movie has one, two, it's got two plus, I mean, it's just got two really good ones, right? I I think it has three because we didn't talk about Carl Lee and the stand. Yes, they deserve to die and hope to burn it out. Everyone goes nuts. Just classic Sam Jackson. And then the McConaughey speech. Right, but that's not a witness stand. True, good point, good point. Uh, Carl Lee's speech to Jake in the jail. Just get Sam Jackson. How a black man ever going to get a fair trial with the enemy on the bench in the jury box? My life in white hands. You, Jake. That's how. You my secret weapon. Because you one of the bad guys. Jake's final summation, which we talked about, and the verdict. Uh, the verdict itself for most rewatchable. I think the McConaughey, for me, it's the McConaughey final summation. It's just really good. I, I think it's the best moment of his career. I think I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think the scene with Samuel L. Jackson and Matthew McConaughey in the cell. When he gives him this speech. Where, you know, in all of these movies, well, a lot of these movies, there is a kind of pre-chorus to mm. the big moment. Yeah. Right? A few good men, 
It's the scene where they sit around and strategize about what they're going to do to Jack Nicholson when they yep. get him in the courtroom. And it's kind of a daring thing because you're kind of telling the audience what you're going to do. Then you got to deliver. Um, it's the rehearsal almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, but do we need to see a training sequence in a courtroom movie? I guess maybe we do because then it pays off. Well, because we're dumb. We need right. to kind of know what's happening. We don't fully understand it. But that scene between McConaughey and Jackson in the jail cell is surprising because it's the only moment in the movie where you hear a black person express their understanding of what the stakes are, mm. right? The idea that you've got this black guy basically saying, I, I know you think you're a good white person. You might even be a good liberal white person. Although, you mm. know, the scenes between him and Sandra Bullock, who's conveniently from Massachusetts, um, drives her car down there, by the way. What a what a wonderful white lady thing to be able to do, huh? She's basically uh, <laughs> like that Will Smith. She's like Bagger Vance for courtroom dramas. She just kind of pops in. She shows up. In her 63 Porsche. Right, I mean, Here I am. It's kind of wild. I'll then, work for free. I'm but hot. Then, you know, I take back what I said about the, you know, the privilege of white ladies. Because again, she at some point, she pays for it and gets beat up. Yeah. Um, But the idea that this is a movie that you got to watch thinking the whole time if you were so inclined that Matthew McConaughey, Jake Briggins is a, he's a good white person because we have shown you all these shitty white yeah. people and he's a good guy. He is actually risking his family and his life. You heard Brenda Fricker. His house. You put it all on the line. Yeah. He killed Brenda Fricker's husband. I mean, got, my, lost got his your house. own house burned down, ruining your marriage. But Sam Jackson's like, okay, you might've done all that. Yeah. But you ain't no different from Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're no different from the dudes that that did all that shitty stuff to my daughter. I think that Matthew McConaughey receiving that information and the like clarity and like conviction of Sam Jackson's giving it to him. Yeah. He like McConaughey hears that. And I think the thing that makes your voted, the thing you're voting for is being like the most rewatchable scene. What makes it so good is the scene before it. Or you're like, right. you know, Package that them scene together. between them. I think you're right. right. Put them together. What's age the best? Sweaty Mississippi. We <laughs> don't get to go to the South enough in movies like this. And no. I, the right kind of, if they're done correctly, you feel sweaty during certain scenes. And I thought they did a good job <sighs> of that. I that. I miss, I um, miss reality. We mentioned Ashley Judd and Sandra Bullock. The Kiefer's just an incredible bad guy. Yeah. He's always going for it. He, he's, he's basically Lieutenant Kendrick, but he's Lieutenant K.K. <laughs> Kendrick. <laughs> In this. Uh, how about our guy Oliver Platt? Oh, yeah. You want to have the Oliver Platt conversation let's, now? Let's have, I mean, well, when are we ever going to have it again? It's hot on the bear right now. I mean, Oliver Platt... This will tell you maybe more than you need to know about me. Oliver Platt of all the Flatliners was my favorite. Oh, I loved you. of the five of them. He was there's just something about his like physical stature. He just seems he's just big and and imposing but sweet. He's never played. I mean, I don't recall him ever playing a true villain. And there's something kind Can of. Can I give you a market correction with him? Oh yes. Alfred Molina. Oh! If Oliver Platt's the Boogie Nights kind of drug deal guy oh, wow. instead of Alfred Molina, is his career any different? I want, that's a great question. 
That's a great question. It's like they were on each other's corner there for a few years. Yeah, that's a good one. He's one of those, like, he's in Chef, which we did in the rewatchables. He's just great in Chef. He's great in The Bear. He is one of those people, the IMDb doesn't match up my excitement when he pops into something I'm watching. I'm like, oh, Oliver Platt's in this. There's, I love Oliver Platt. I don't know what his training is, but he definitely has something. He's got it in this movie, too, where, like, you can tell... I mean, I, I'm going to, it'll probably, probably wrong about this, but like there's something kind of trained about him yeah. where that he has done all his homework before he gets to the set yeah. and can just like inhabit a character. He knows his lines and he's just so spontaneous with Sandra Bullock, that scene. Yeah, there's a horniness the that he brings to the table that yeah. I think he doesn't seem like a sex symbol or anything. No. But he has a way of like vibing with, yeah, I would you get definitely it. get with Oliver Platt. Uh, more with Sage the Best. <laughs> You're just going to let it go. You're not going to touch it. on. <laughs> Hot female characters going by their last name. Oh, that seems like a real Bill turn on. Roark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I dated somebody once who her last name was what everybody called her. And I, it was, I did mm. kind of like it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what that Is says anybody about in me. my life where that's true? Makes it more approachable. How about this for what Sage the Best? Anthony Heald as the oh, doctor. Oh, yes. We left him out. Running it back from Sons and Lambs. I mean, in the same Five years part, later. Basically. Basically every, the same part. Everybody, this is the great thing about old Hollywood, right? Like, I mean, old Hollywood meaning like 25 years ago. Yeah. Everybody who watched that movie would have known when that guy showed up that he was no good. Right? Oh, he's the smarmy doctor. Smarmy Here doctor. Here he is. Everybody saw him in Silence of the, Lam Silence of the Lambs. They would have known. This guy is going to be bad. Uh, John Deal from Miami Vice. Oh. One of my favorite TV shows ever. Yeah. Yeah. As one of the good KKK yeah. guys. <laughs> he's in the KKK, but he's got a heart of gold. Well, they keep. He's looking out for Sandra Bullock. He doesn't want her to He's die. making the calls, yeah. telling everybody like, yeah. It's like the good Nazi in victory, Max von Sydow. <laughs> I think when they have the one good guy who's I, like, oh, also, but, but you again, are in the KKK. Right. You can't really be day, a good guy. You, yeah. you put that bed sheet on. But I will say, they also, they, they cast a sexy person to also be the good guy. This is how the movies fuck you up, yeah. right? You are watching all these like sexy racists yeah. for two hours and you don't know what to do. Well, this I did not know. And it came up in the research and I'm putting it in what's age the best because it's too good for half fascinating research. McConaughey is dating Ashley Judd when they start filming the movie. <gasps> what? As the movie goes along, he falls for Sandra Bullock and dumps Ashley Judd for Sandra Bullock. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. And then they date for the next two years. Stop it. The sparks were flying on the set. Wait. So the movie wait, mirrors wait, what actually happened in real wait, life. Wait, yeah. This wait, is the thing that happened. Wait, Bill, what? Yeah. I was yes. kind of paying attention to this stuff at the time. I did not know this. I didn't know it either to come really? up with the research. Yeah. Ashley out, Sandra Bullock in, and they dated, Jesus. they kept it really stealth because she's very stealth. She's good. Stealth dater. She is good. Yeah. We have no idea how many huh. people, but yeah, her and McConaughey, still buddies. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Any other what's age best for you? Um, I got to say, there's something about the the lawyers who just sit in the office and just wait for somebody to come in, mm. right? Like it's an anticipation, or like they come in and there's a secretary who's like, "This is what we got going on. This is the oldest trick in the movie book. 
So you don't think this exists in real life anymore? I don't. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what those offices are like. God forbid I should ever personally find out. Yeah. But in the movies, there's always a like a woman to be the welcome mat. You know, like, here's what we got going on when you come into this office. Right. Or I'm going to barge in and tell you who. Can I get you a cup you of coffee? In. That is a like timeless that. gig yeah. or timeless gimmick. And I will watch it till till the end of the movies. Big Kahuna Burger Award, best use of food and drink. <laughs> Barbecue at the end. I, was, I could have spent like two more minutes there. Wait, what are you guys making? The crawdads. Oh, the crawdads the are good too. The giant bowl yeah. of untouched crawdads. Yeah. Den of Thieves, Benihana Award, scene stealing location. The courtroom in this is great. Oh, the yeah. two deck courtroom. Yeah. I'm a big two deck courtroom for courtroom movie month and just court movies in general. I like. I just I like when you have the audience in the top. Just but great Bill, stuff. here's my thing about the double decker courtroom yeah. in the South. All it says to me is, uh, y'all know who's supposed to be up there. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, no, yeah. See, now I'm recanting. Super, super no, segregation. It, just, it looks good though. But I mean, it looks good. They've been around for a while. They listen. They're in New England. <laughs> I just thought they're trying to cram more people in there. See, but it always it like typically the black people would have sat up there if they were even allowed in the courtroom. Mm. Great shot, Gordo Award for most cinematic shot. Mm -mm. In a Joel Schumacher movie. Well, no the two guy he kills the two dudes, mm -hmm. and they go overhead shot, but they're on the seal, yes, the patriotic yes, seal. Yes, yes, it's good. It's well done. You got me. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. What's age the worst? Brenda oh. Fricker's Southern accent. Ooh, wow. Lord. Why? Why did we do this? Ooh, why did we do it? There's so why many. Why did we do it? So many actresses. <laughs> she's for people listening who don't know. She's Irish? She's Irish. She's from Ireland? Won an Academy Award for playing an Irish, Irish accent? Yes, great Irish accent. And now we're in Mississippi with Brenda? I don't know. Nobody I asked didn't for understand but that at all. This was, at a, this was before the big boom of people doing that, too. So she probably was doing work that, like, was... Wasn't not be was not being frequently done mm -hmm. by by our friends from the UK. What's age the worst? I just wrote more black characters? Question mark? Yeah. Okay. White director doing this movie? Question mark? Uh, not this white director for sure. Kevin Spacey? I would say he's aged pretty poorly. I, I'm not blaming him for the movie. I've learned how to watch movies <laughs> and not think about current stuff, but just in general, the Kevin Spacey he's also experience. Not even good at it. Like he's satisfyingly. Like, you know, mustache twirling. Um, He's no James Mason. Um, Jesus, no. How about drunk Donald Sutherland? What's he trying to do oh in this movie? God. Talk a, about, we're going to beat up I'm a pro Donald Southern, Southern accent and not his. Ugh. I'm pro Donald Sutherland. This is not like the best version of Donald Sutherland. And I wish there were other directions I think they could have gone. There are so many other people. I don't know who they offered this part to. Like, just, just like Richard Harris, Peter O'Toole. You know, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I mean, go in that direction. Right. Yeah. Just like get a great British actor to just like really slouch his way through the part and be drunk. Or get an awesome Southern actor who's actually from somewhere down there. Just, I mean, I'm just trying to think who that could have been. Because well, you need like an emeritus. You need an actor emeritus. For I that. think they were excited that Kiefer and Donald were of in course, the same movie. 100%. And that was a piece of uh, what's age the worst? The dynamite diffusing scene is just ridiculous. <laughs> just throws it up toward the tree and it blows up. <laughs> it's like, what is this, MacGyver? Um, if only. And then this is just a what's age the best for me um, or what's age the worst. Drunk Jake is with drunk Sandra Bullock. Mm. 
and his mm-hmm. wife's away. Mm-hmm. Now they are, they are, I don't know if they're on a break, but there's clearly tension. I'm sorry. Trouble. Something's going down at some point. They're at least going out on the couch for like 20 well, minutes before he says, stop, ne- stop. We have to stop. He sits next to her on the bed. They're just ready to do it. Just do just it. They're ready to do it. You're not going to stay with your wife. Just, just go. Go throw work. But, you know, classic Hollywood. He cannot, he could not have done it. Because then it's a different movie. Then you're movie. not rooting for him. Yeah, they, well, not only that, but it's just a different movie because people's moral right. radars would have just flipped, flipped out. Here's how I look at this stuff, though. It's like he didn't cheat, but he cheated. Yeah, but for for it's, a, it's he basically. My wife calls this mental cheating, <laughs> not with me, but just been a couple like maybe friends in the periphery, and it's sure, like, sure. I don't think they cheated, but there was some definitely mental adultery happening, and I was like, oh, mental adultery is a good way to put it. I just wish the movies in some way. Well, I mean, this was made in '96. We are not having the conversations. We weren't having the conversations then. We're having now about you know the 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 parameters of what a marriage is. Yeah, but. I don't know. This just seems like it was it was like I felt that tension and was just like, y'all need to just do it. The Vincent Chase Award for are we sure this character was actually good at his job? Little bonus <laughs> award <laughs> named after Adrian Grenier and Entourage. Listen, let's let's uh, go. Lucian, so you're his mentor. You've been kicked out of the courtroom. You give terrible advice and your one way you're going to help is you're going to bring this doctor in who's got a statutory rape charge from the early 60s. Um, Thanks for the help, Lucian. Um, we, this is the worst mentor of all time. We need to talk about Lucian. He's just a bad character. We know what was going on between the DA and Lucian. <laughs> oh, what was going on? He's too handsome. Is Lucian is the young guy with the glasses, right? No, Lucian is Donald Sutherland. Oh my God, Lucian! All right. Oh, got it, got I like it, where it. you were going with that, oh, though. That guy, there's an Kevin Spacey's character has an intern who's working with him. He doesn't know anything about anything. Just mm. pretty for no reason, except you know. Oh, cool. I like where you went there. Um, uh, no, I'm talking Lucian about Lucian. Is the worst. Also, he is the least sort of supposed to be the linchpin of of McConaughey's sense of 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 how to they make be him a seem lawyer? like he's Phil Jackson and he's like just drunk idiot he's, Phil Jackson. He's, this is bad not job. Good. Not good. The Butch's girlfriend award weak link of the film. I mean, so many ways to go here, but uh, lots. Poor Roark. <laughs> so what's what's the point of her in this movie? She comes in, drives in on her on her Dylan McKay Porsche. Um. Just floating around town, hot shit, pissing off the KKK, everybody else, working for zero money on this court case, goes down the road with this married guy. That's going badly. And then for all her troubles, gets tied to a tree and basically left to die, but doesn't die. And what happens? We see her one more time at the end where it's like, he got off. And she's like, got like a bruised face in the hospital. Octavia Spencer's like, Hey, aren't you happy that this exciting thing off. happened to Cart? Yeah. And we and our last sight of Roark is is just her like she seems kind of happy, but then also like, man, my whole life has been ruined and I, I'm gonna be in therapy for 20 years. But cool, he got off. Yeah. Very odd. Strange. Um, I bet you anything, I don't know. I mean There's I, like three scenes missing with her. I was gonna say, I think this was audience tested in some way. They were like, get Roark out of here. And they just like, yeah. no, she's a home wrecker. Right. Get her out. Nope, can't do it. It's tough. Ron Burgundy flew to where best time for a pee break. <laughs> um, 
I, basically any Lucian scene, you're, yeah. when he's talking to Donald Sutherland, just go get some coffee. Do you I like agree. the title for this movie? Was there a better title? A Time to Kill. I feel it's like pretty good. this should probably have been named after the town, right? The better movie would have really been about what life was like in this town. Because if you think about it, every this is one of the rare movies where something happens in a place and the people tasked with fixing it, solving it, everything, they all live there except hmm. one character who's not a major character. Right. Right. Everybody lives in this town. Everybody knows everybody. That's the power of Matthew, of Samuel Jackson's speech to him before the closing statement, right. right? Which is, you've been in this town all this time. Yeah. And you've never once come to see me. You don't even know where I live. Right. I feel like the movie is about the town. Kyle says that to me all the time. But does, <laughs> so have you, you been to Kyle's house? No, Kyle's like, you don't come to the frolic room. You haven't come to my side of town and have drinks with me. Kyle's producing today. I mean- you need to fix that bill. Best quote, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they honor. deserve to die, Mr. Hennig? Answer Mr. the question. Carly, don't they deserve to die. Question. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> Pretty tough to top. <laughs> Can't beat that. Hottest take award. I kind of gave it already. Um, I think it's really interesting that my, my two favorite McConaughey performances ever both happened before he was famous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Days to Confused mm-hmm. and this. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's filming this. He's not famous yet. Right, right. And if you just said coming out of this movie, and I feel the same way about Ed Norton and Primal Fear, which is so interesting. They came out the same year. Two really hard parts. Everybody wanted them and they both get them and they both knock them out of the park. And you just said, oh my God, what's McConaughey's next 10 years going to look like? Yeah. And you go to IMDb and you look at it. It's not great. Hmm. It turns into Ed TV in like three years. Oh God, that's three years later. And then we're in a rom-coms. Wow, that's we three have, years later. We have contact when he has less chemistry with Jodie Foster than, than maybe anyone's ever had with Jodie Foster. It's um, true. And I'll give you the list. But I do like, I've, contact has grown up. I know. I, it's just I the know way you he like shows it. up. The contact's bad. It, it goes. This is a bad take it, for it me. It takes a nosedive. It's a bad movie. Um. Yeah, he's another got, movie when he's got a where he's got a small bad. part. He's in Contact. He's in Amistad. Mm-hmm. He's in Ed TV. Mm-hmm. He's in U five seventy one. Oh whatever yeah, that one that's was. the beginning of the. I don't know what was wasn't the didn't he get arrested for the naked bongo playing around? Yeah, this there might have been too? some naked bongos. That was he never has the payoff from this movie. I guess no. it was Contact, but Contact whatever. All of a sudden, he's in the Wedding Planner, mm-hmm. Frailty, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Sahara. And by 05 is in Two for the Money, a movie that Chris Ryan and I love. And he's then all of a sudden we have the failure is that the to Pacino launch. the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Then we're in the mid-2000s with failure to launch and we are Marshall. And it's just kind of the moment's gone. It's 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that. what does that say to you about this person? I think luck is so important. But I what it really says to me is we had, you know, like we always love to shoehorn NBA references into this podcast. Yes. Uh, to the chagrin of at least some people listening to it. Sometimes there's just so much talent. I think this is like the absolute apex for just like young, mm-hmm. good-looking white mm-hmm. actors who mm-hmm. had good careers. Mm-hmm. He's Think of all the people he's competing, right. and all the parts he didn't I get. I mean, plus Will Smith. Well, plus, but I'm saying he's going against Damon Affleck. Yep. For how many parts? Damon Affleck. All of them. Um, DiCaprio. Eventually. DiCaprio. Yep. Mark Wahlberg starts creeping in yeah. there. Yep. 
River, uh, not River Phoenix. Um, Joaquin, Keanu Reeves Keanu is in there. Yep. Spacey's grabbing some older parts, but the the young up and comer guys. He also. This I, was the era. He's. Have you read Green Lights? What's that? His his memoir. No. Should I? It's great. I mean, he's it, a maniac. It was the it was a bestseller for a reason. Like it is it is one of the best examples of that sort of thing that I've ever read. Hmm. Um. I think that there's something about McConaughey. He just wasn't hungry, right? His hungers were someplace else. He's like else. an athlete. He he just didn't want it the way those other he people He didn't want to be finals it. MVP. He didn't. He's Vince Carter. He, you know, I think a lot about, do you know Gael Monfi, the tennis player? Yeah. The Gael Monfi is famous for just saying like things like, I'm happy to be number five in the Venus world. Venus Gerolitis was like that. Right. Like, I just want to have a great life and party and I just have sex with I don't need the pressure. Kyrios, Nick Kyrios is a little bit like this. He's like, I already have proven to myself that I am great. About, I don't need these titles. Naomi Osaka. <laughs> well, but <laughs> that's different, right? Osaka has never made a claim to not wanting to be ambitious. It's that's she's complicated. But these other guys are pretty She simple. doesn't want to be famous, but she also has a sweet green salad. <laughs> Which I tried two years, three was years it ago. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I don't know. I think there's something about him, McConaughey, that just... It, he simultaneously seems embarrassed to me by what fame can do and entails. Yeah. I think whatever happened Or he was with just stoned him, all the time. Or I think, you know, his his default nature is maybe being stoned, wanting to be naked, you know, hanging out. Look at what a fixture he is in Austin and the way in which he is a fixture. He's a little bit of a kook in a good way. Also, we didn't mention in that that boom, um, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, We yep. didn't mention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was one other, and now I forgot. But it, it was just for whatever reason, in the mid-late 90s, we just had a shitload of them. And then you look at people like, Oh, Brendan Fraser. Travolta comes back. Travolta's yeah. not that old. But I'm at this saying point. people, they're like, like between the yeah, age of like he's... 28 and 36. Brendan Fraser's another one. Yep. But we talked when we did the the uh school test pod about like Randall Battenkoff. Oh, Randall. Who was Battenkoff. just like, that's it. He just didn't make it because he's competing against all these other people. So I wonder if that's a piece of this with McConaughey. Casting what ifs, we're gonna do right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Hulu. Hey there. You know that Hulu has movies, right? Well, if you didn't, we're here to tell you, Hulu has movies. Hulu has acclaimed movies like All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Suncoast, starring Woody Harrelson and Laura Linney. And Cat Person with Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun. They even have a bunch of movies that we've already done on the rewatchables. So head on over to Hulu if you like movies, because you guessed it, Hulu has movies. This episode is brought to you by Nissan SUV. Everything's better on a bigger screen, right? I mean, I remember seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark on a big screen and feeling like my life had just changed. People felt that way about Oppenheimer recently. Sometimes you need to see stuff on the big screen. That's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3-inch touchscreen infotainment system with Google Maps Assistant and more right there. You can really see what's up ahead and you don't even need to connect your phone. Find your new adventure with a Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada SUVs at NissanUSA.com. Coming back, uh, Wesley has a hottest take about 
McConaughey. Let's hear it. It's not the hottest take, but it's important to bring this up because you can see it and you can see it in the movie. Hair. Mm, I'm so glad you brought this up. Hair. It seems wild to bring this up now, given all the ways in which we'll never know when people are losing hair, when people are like dealing with skin problems. We'll never know that anymore. But in 1996, you could know because you could see it. And one of the conversations around Matthew McConaughey at the time was, what are we going to do about this guy's hair? Is a real question. I think this is a hottest take. And I think in a way. This was a John Cusack issue too. This person's natural personality, not really wanting to do all of that grueling work to stay famous and actually having this thing that was beyond his control with his hairline, which is insane to say, but is actually true. I truly believe it's a real thing. I'm with you. He was not losing his hair. I actually think his ha- his career would have been it would have been different. John Cusack in some way. All of a sudden, he showed up for Con Air. He had a full head of hair. Yeah, I mean these people. I mean, I would love to hear a conversation among these guys if if they could if they could have it. You know, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Nick Cage, another one. Yeah. All of a sudden, I mean, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I like that. Casting what ifs. Shulman. Uh, Joel Schumacher, Schumacher, Joel Schumacher, can't speak anymore, uh, originally offered the lead role to Val Kilmer because they were doing Batman Forever and Kilmer declined. Huh? Why do you say no? Because he's a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Um, I think this is- I could totally see him doing it and he would have been pretty good. I don't, I think we have too much Val Kilmer- I think one of the reasons this movie worked is I have no McConaughey history when I'm watching Southern Days to Confuse. That's true. He also could have good taste, Bill, and just would have thought this movie was just bad. Possible. You know who else turned it down? Paul Newman. Hmm. They wanted him to play Lucy in this Donald Southern character, and he found the film's message distasteful. Good taste. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's good taste. This movie, we have not talked enough about how trashy this movie is. We, we, we hit it. <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner was considered for Jake. Uh, I can see it. And he wanted complete control of the project. Oh, and God. John Grisham is like, speaking fuck of, you, I'm John speaking Grisham. Speaking of hair. Yeah, another hair guy. Another hair guy. Woody Harrelson wanted to play Jake. Oh my God, another one. Another but hair at guy. Least, you know, Woody Harrelson was, he he has owned it in a, in a way. Grisham vetoed that one. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. And then uh, the only other one was Bruce Stern was the original choice for the judge. Oh, I can... Judge Noose? Yeah. Judge Noose? Judge Noose. <laughs> Played by Patrick McGuhan, yeah. who's one of our candidates for Best That Guy, aka the Joey Pants Award. We also have John Deal, who we mentioned. We have Anthony Heald, who I think is Anthony Heald. hmm mm-hmm. There's a That Guy from The Verdict, who's either the NACP guy or the... Uh, one oh, of the, Joe or Seneca. The Reverend. Joe Seneca. Who was in the verdict. He yep. was the guy they brought in who just kept testifying. Yes. So we know his name? Joe Seneca. All right. So he doesn't count. He does count because I'm probably the only person who knows. Okay, fair. Definitely. I was going to say Patrick McGuhan. I Definitely didn't know it is Definitely that name. guy, for sure. And then, I'm sorry, Sam Jackson's wife, Latanya. I don't think people even knew that was Sam Jackson's wife back no, then, right? I don't. I, I definitely didn't know. And then she- um, She's also not in any movies, really. Well, she just crushed it in To Kill the, uh, what was the? Oh, To Kill the Aaron Kill Sorkin version the Sorkin, of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, a, she's a wonderful actress. She's a good theater director, too. 
the Ruffalo Hand and Ribbonneck Partridge Overacting Award. Oh, where do we even start? I, I I just put question marks. Usually I have an it. Usually I have a favorite. Everybody's kind of going for it. I'm gonna go with Donald Sutherland though, if I had to guess. I'm not sure what he's doing. I'm gonna go with Kiefer. Okay, great. Kiefer. So both Sutherland. We'll give it yeah. to the Sutherland family. We don't give this award out very much. The Judd Nelson New oh. Jack City. I'm in the wrong movie award goes to Sandra Bullock. Yes. Yes. She's like, was this a rom-com? Like, no, actually you're going to get tied to a tree and almost killed. Wait, what? I thought. <laughs> it's definitely her. Dan Waiter's award. Sam's not eligible. Kiefer's not eligible. Uh, best heat check. Chris Cooper. He's in like three oh, scenes. Yeah. He's fucking great. Easy. This is the easiest. This is a relief. Actually, You turn because- this man loose. <laughs> But also, you know, he's one of those people. He Lone Star was ninety six. He had yep. a great. I mean, this was the beginning of like the Chris Peaking Cooper, with American yep. Beauty. Um, and I feel like there's an intensity that he's got that you don't really know is in him. So that yeah. when he has a moment like that, you're just like, okay, yeah, I think there we, we go. Listen to what this man has to say. Recasting couch. Throwing Nicholson in the Donald Sutherland part just for fun. Mm, okay. Drunk Southern Jack Nicholson just being yeah. weird. Having a history with Brenda Fricker. <sighs> mm-hmm. Three scenes. Here's five million bucks. But you make Brenda Fricker Sally Field. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, see, now we're talking. This is There's this so is, many other directions this movie could have gone. Yeah, where's right? Sally Field? She's two years off a of gump. You throw her yep. in there. It's That's just great. A, it's a richer movie in a lot of ways. If or you Shirley MacLaine? Shirley MacLaine. But she wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Half-assed internet research. Um, Matthew McConaughey auditioned for Freddie Lee Cobb, one of the guys who gets killed. Hmm. Huh. Wanted to be Jake and um, lobbied hard with Joel Schumacher and the rest was history. The movie plot came from 1984. John Grisham had said he witnessed the harrowing testimony of a 12-year-old rape victim and kind of went down the road of what would happen if the girl's father killed the assailants. And that was how he ended up doing a time to kill, which hmm. was his, I think the first book he wrote. I and then know. he ended up, Seems I think right. he did that. And then all of a sudden it was like Pelican brief, the firm. I mean, one thing about John Grisham, great ideas. Like well, Pelican brief is like an incredible idea for a movie and a book. Great idea. I mean, the thing to me is this, I, I hate, for our conversation to once again take the turn into like how we know the movies are in trouble. Yeah. But there's so many more John Grisham books. Right. Why have we just given up on right. just adapting like 30 of them. John Grisham books? Great there's point. so many. I think he might be a pain in the ass with the adaptations. Um, I think that's part of it. Well, I mean, oh well. Yeah. They're there. Y'all can figure it out. Those are rich movie books. Apparently Sutherland wanted Lucian to be way more of a drunk and Schumacher vetoed it, which is why we ended up in no man's land. Oh boy. And then McConaughey and Nikki cat, who was one of the two rapists slash mm-hmm. get got killed guys, both in dazed and confused. Yeah. I love Nikki cat. Apex mountain. <laughs> what is it for McConaughey in your opinion? Is it winning the Oscar for Dallas buyers club? And then, yeah. Heading toward the true detective, Wolf of Wall Street kind of part stretch, of his career. I that, think it is. The, you know, the Magic Mike, Wolf of Wall Street. Hanging out with Lance Armstrong. True detective. Yep. Yep. Sam Jackson. 
It's not this, but we're kind of in the general vicinity of it. It's probably Jackie Brown. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's Jackie Brown's 97. It's a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably... Great run that. by him. Yep. Grisham... I mean, he around here, nine, like think about this, ninety three to ninety seven. Yeah, he's got like five film adaptations, and he's just no ninety six. When's Pelican Brief? Isn't that ninety six too? That was earlier. That was like ninety. I think that was oh, same 90, year as the 90, firm. That was ninety three. Yeah. Ninety three. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a good three years. Nice this run is, here. This is him. This is Sandra Bullock. Mm, not not yet. No. Because what's after this? Yeah, I honestly, she wins the Oscar for The Blind Side. That's that's quite an apex. That's that is testament to a. She wins the Oscar career, for right? a TV movie. Right. <laughs> From your mouth to my ears, Bill. <laughs> is that the first time that's ever happened? Uh, um, no, come on. You know what? So many, so many Oscar-winning TV movies. Shockingly effective movie. Yeah, it works for some people. It just makes me mad. I, I'm aware. We've talked about it. I, we haven't done it in the rewatchables yet, but I'm going to make you do it with me when I mean, we do it. I love her. I've come to she also a testament to her too. Um I did not I did not believe her. I didn't believe in her. She didn't she she annoyed me. Yeah. All I saw when I saw her was what I said before is that Julia Roberts just said no. And Julia Roberts couldn't do everything and there was so much for people so many people wanted Julia Roberts to be doing things. And so that was a really great time of like you can't get into you can't get into this movie because all the tickets are sold out. Yeah, go see this other movie. That was Sandra Bullock. She was she got all the Julia Roberts spillover. I'm speculating. I could be wrong. I At don't know. At some point they flipped though. At some point, I wrote a thing. Flip. I remember for I think it was for Grantland, where I was, um, comp- I was talking about how crazy her career is because mm-hmm. she made rom coms like 20 years apart. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like her, the, now you would say LeBron James because LeBron's now in year 21. But like what she was doing where in an industry where you're kind of out after six, seven years or you're like Julia Roberts where going to your second decade, now you have to audible to this different thing. And she was basically making the same movies that she had made in the 90s. Well, you also- It didn't matter. You never got a sense with her. And I'm trying to remember what the moment was for me where I was like, you know what? Uncle. Right. You win. Yeah, you win. I can't, I can't, this cannot be denied. Even when I hate the movie, I kind of see, it was, it was a Miss Congeniality. Mm, Good movie. Not a Julia Roberts movie at all. There's something about her defined, she, she figured out a way to be not a cute little girl next door who's got a couple lines in a badly written screenplay that really make you you know, like this person, she figured out how to be a movie star while also being a movie star, which right. you don't, nobody's ever going to get a chance to do that again, right? You got all this um, tailwind from another person's discards, right? Yeah. And it's an opportunity and people like you, people are paying money to watch you not be Julia Roberts. <laughs> I... And I just like I just feel like she really. I had season tickets I'm from. Seduced. I had season tickets from Love Potion number nine on. Oh boy! Oh, then you were in. You were in early. I was in early when she was in. She's in the vanishing. And <laughs> Yo, she's good in that. She's in speed. Okay. All people are like, I'm in on Sandra Bullock. I'm like, welcome. 
you can go in the back row. I'm in the front row here. Yeah, I'm a. I'm I love her. I'm a Julia Roberts lifer, and the idea that somebody was trying to like that we needed another one of those was just too much. I wish me. we had more but, counter. Uh, agree. I wish we had five more of them. But who worked out? Like <laughs> Julia Ormond. With all due respect to Julia Ormond, that was not a thing, but they wanted it. to It's be. funny how many people. Like Catherine Heigl is a good one. Oh yeah, they're like, all right, you're next. They are still looking for the next Julia Roberts. Bill Reese Reese was the other one who yeah. who was kind of groomed yep. lottery pick style to like someday mm-hmm. you will walk this hallowed ground of Julia and Sandra, and then she did it. Yeah, well, but, but she figured out a way. There's a the problem is that in Sandra Bullock, the reason that 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 she won me over was that she couldn't keep doing these kind of like mildly salty, cutesy things. She she had to figure out a way to be dour. Um, her comedic persona was really interesting, right? Um, and, and really worked, I would say, even better for rom-coms than Julia. Yes. Because Julia, once she got too famous, I felt like she lost that a tiny bit. Well, once she's playing a movie star in a romantic comedy, yeah, there was, she just became too Notting famous. Notting Hill was wasn't the beginning realistic. of the end. And, yeah, it wasn't America's realistic. Sweethearts did not help. Right? Sandra Bullock was very approachably hot. Like you feel like, mm-hmm. I always felt like if I met, like in the 90s, it was like, if I met Sandra Bullock, I, I would take my shot. Julia, no chance. Who's also, talking to her? But the thing about, the other thing about Sandra Bullock was she figured out a way to take not wanting to seem like she wanted it and turn that and to use that in the movies. Like, mm. this congeniality is about a person who does not like being congenial. Right. <laughs> right? It is anti-romantic comedy energy that creates the tension in the genre itself. Well, you know what she also did? What? This is how we know she was a special actor. She pulled off of, I'm in this movie by myself for large periods Woo! of time part. Yes, yes. It's like kind yes, of the yes. last part of the video game. But that comes, like, that's an end. That's that's like yeah. I mean not at the end she's not at the end of her career she's, but like but the third decade that was she yeah. had been around for so long and yet found this she's other in the thing fucking to do. weird Netflix movie what's the movie where nobody can Bird talk Bird Box yeah Bird Box yeah that was yeah. like fourth decade listen she's great job she's by good. her yep I'm glad you finally relented I you can't like I'm glad you gave in I can't I gave in she won me over I'm rarely I'm rarely won I'd, over. I'm just so happy I had season tickets for the whole ride. <laughs> Me and Sandy <laughs> just taking a ride through the 90s and 2000s. She um, also just seems like a, like a decent person. 100%. And I think that is the other thing that comes through. And she's just also the other thing, just last thing. She is really good with other people. Yeah. Her and Clooney at the beginning of Gravity. She and Melissa McCarthy in The Heat. Like, I would watch the two of them. The Heat's a good movie. Anything. Yeah. They are so good together. We um, we had this photographer that we used when our kids were little in the <laughs> late 2000s. And the photographer, like a couple years later, just started dating Sandra Bullock. Oh, and he was like a non-famous person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And my wife was like, you're not going to believe who, I forget his name, is dating. I'm like, who? She's like, Sandra Bullock. Mm. I'm like, what? Mm. But it was like that goes back to the Sandra Bullock thing. She just found this normal dude who was a photographer and they started yeah. dating. She she just she's really she's great a job. special. We did a great job. Star. Sandra, I hope you enjoyed it. Ashley Judd, <laughs> I'm gonna say no on Apex Mountain. I have to go double jeopardy. No, she's, yeah, double jeopardy. I love double jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she she's an interesting Do you think person. Double Jeopardy is a rewatchables movie? 
Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, good. It's got it's, the blood it's boiling. On the list. It's it, anything with a with a plot that boils that makes you mad on behalf of the star. I can watch that when over they and over again. with the writer strike when they're like, "We're worried about AI." It's like you should be worried because they can just take double jeopardy and have to spit into the AI engine and make that movie twenty different times, right? Yeah. A yeah. person betrayed by somebody, rock bottom, fights back. Now at the end, they're going to get their revenge on the person. Can I just say one thing before we go back to this AI? Because I I'm I'm with you. The problem with this movie, A Time to Kill, is that. My blood is never boiling on behalf of the Samuel L. Jackson character. Right. Right. It's not the plot that's making me mad. It's the movie's inattention to his plight that is upsetting me. That's a good call. Right. Um, it's it's just as it, the movie doesn't know what it's actually about or what it's actually about is a problem for me. Maybe it does know it's about McCa Matthew McConaughey and not Sam Jackson. Apex Mountain for Nikki Cat villains. Would you go with this or Dazed and Confused when he beats the shit out of uh, Adam Goldberg? Uh, it's probably this. What are you looking at? You can't do better than than a redneck racist who only has five minutes of screen time. Yeah, fine. Uh, Apex Mountain for green nineteen early 1960s Porsches. I'm still going Dylan McKay. I mean, that thing was in like five mm. seasons in 902 and 0. I got some news for you, though. What? I'm a sob person. Yeah. And he, you give me a sob in a movie. You like cars that just break down? I'm a, I am was a sob owner. Yeah. <laughs> for five, six years. So you knew all the sob shops in the area. I did. After it kept breaking it down. Derek on, Atlant on Atlantic Avenue fixed my sob until I had to give sob. it away. Uh, do they even make sobs anymore? No, they don't. Yeah, because they kept fucking breaking down. I don't think that's the reason they don't exist, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible cars. Um, R.I.P. my sob. SE 9000. Best racehorse name. I don't have one from this movie. I think it'd be weird to have a racehorse named after anything from this movie. Picking Nits. Judge Noose? You could, Judge, you, Judge Noose is a good horse is name. It, isn't yeah, Judge a, Noose not winning the Belmont Stakes? Judge Noose is good. <laughs> Picking Nits. I can't believe we didn't get to this yet. So he's innocent? <laughs> Wouldn't Listen. it be guilty by... An, or? How do we get innocent no, out of this? Because I don't understand. It's funny. I almost called a lawyer friend of mine on the way over here to just run. You can't the spot. be innocent, right? I I don't know what John Grisham would say about the jurors. Well, the the sort of legal explanation for for how this happens, but as a testament to how satisfying it is that he does get off. Yeah. You don't really think about it, if unless you're probably a lawyer, right? Um, it, I didn't think about it till I read the Roger Ebert review, and right. Ebert mentions it. it. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that is weird. It seems impossible. Yeah, like as an adult watching this movie, I'm like, what is the defense here? That just, hey jury, imagine, just forget that this is a black person who did this. Yeah, just imagine your white ass. So they're basically right. saying, it, the jury's basically saying, you know what? We're not going to judge here. He's innocent. It's just, it's such a weird, it's so weird. But um, also, but you know, morally, I wrote in my notebook, actually, I wrote in all caps, we need these movies. We need these courtroom movies in part because they're the only, they're one of the only ways to really understand who we are and how we are and who we aspire to be. 100% agree. And for everything that I hate about this movie, 
it is such an <laughs> it is such a useful window into the ways that a lot of American people think about empathy and how empathy works, right? Of course, the verdict ultimately makes no sense, but it is a verdict on a particular kind of, we know the jury is racist, right? Because we we see them go to dinner a couple of times and they're all- Well, the, the guy the who's- foreman, The, the foreman, foreman is guy is just super racist. Straight up face, inward, yeah. right? And, you know, I don't think everybody else is that far away from him. He's just the most extreme. Yeah. But the idea, the thing that's supposed to move a white audience, and maybe some other people were convinced by this too, the idea that just being able to imagine a black person doing like, anything. Oh, I never thought of this, this I way. just never thought about wow. myself as identifying in any color. way with a situation involving a black person. But here I am, thanks to Jake Brigham, and he's a and great Jake's, lawyer. And Jake's Jake crying. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. More picking nits. I still don't know where Roar came from and why she chose this case <laughs> to drive to Mississippi in her green Porsche, which probably broke down Bagger seven Vance times. is really funny, Bill. Thank you. Um, how about this? A white guy named Rufus? I'm not buying it. Although Rufus- Has there Rufus, ever been a white Rufus? There's Rufus, Shaka Khan and Rufus. I mean, like the band, I mean, look, I, <laughs> the band, whatever. I'm going to get into Shaka Khan and Rufus, but like, it, there can be there's there are white people around Rufus Nish. It's not yeah. like it can't happen. Well, as you know, I named my dog my golden retriever Rufus, my favorite dog I've ever had. Is, and part of the reason was it was so funny that it would be a golden retriever named Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> and we called him Rue, and it became he had nine nicknames off it. Um, but. I got to actually look up and see all the people in Rufus the band. But anyway, like okay. Rufus, yes, nobody. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of a white Rufus. I'm, I'm sure there's one out there. I don't know who he is. Um, another picking it. No opening trial remarks. Well, I like my courtroom movies. I like when the lawyers set the stage in 90 seconds. And we did just jump in there. Yeah, we're just standing. Yeah. I just like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we're here today. <laughs> just give me that. I Instead of like the seventh Donald But you know, scene. I think it's so obvious. Like the, one thing about screenwriting here, I think it's pretty obvious what the stakes are. Like, you don't need anything laid out for us, right? Yeah. We know that that Carly killed these two men. I don't think there's anything really you need to do in terms of framing. I, I still like it. Um, last one I have is Sandra Bullock smoking. We're in an incredible run. I don't run. buy it! We're in an incredible run of, because we did Laura Linney and Primal Fair is another one. She oh, just had the cigarette man. out. Yeah. And they just throw this in to make the the female character seem kind of like a badass, like, oh, she's smoking. Yeah. I think, uh, are men don't supposed do it. to find that sexy? I, Not if they're not smoking. Or know how to smoke. You know who finds it se sexy is Chris Ryan. He's a fucking pervert about it. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> even like he, when they can't smoke? Even no, when he likes when they can smoke. Like oh. Edie Falco and Copland, oh, he's yes. like still talking about it. Yeah, I mean, there are some I don't people, like when they can't smoke when no, it's, it's just They obvious. take these, they, nobody takes a drag. Um, Somebody was smoking... Oh, I saw some good smoking in a movie really recently. And I was just like, that person's a smoker. This would have been the blog I had if I was just like a, like just doing a blog that was never going to make money. You know, like who's just a good smoker? Person. No, just smoking in movies. Yeah. Just like with a rating system. I mean, toothbrushing. De Niro's like a 10 in Goodfellas. Like that's everything. Ooh, yeah. Everything ends with De Niro. He's the highest you can go. You know, secretly a good smoker, John Travolta. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't oh. know if he was actually a smoker, but no, like, he's a good one. He smokes like a smoker. I also like 
I've, I've talked about this before, but when people don't know how to drink beer in movies is my other favorite. Ooh. Vin Diesel with the... <laughs> cranks it. He drinks beer like this. Like he tilts it to six o'clock. And Cruz is the other uh. one. Cruz, <laughs> Cruz handles a beer like it's like a nuclear weapon. <laughs> um, he smokes in, in, in uh, The Color of Money and you don't believe it. No. Um, tooth brushing is another interesting one. Nobody in the movies knows how to brush teeth. Because often when you're brushing teeth, you're also doing dialogue. So you can't have the toothpaste. Right. It's just then don't have the toothbrushing scene. But so many people are brushing their teeth in the movies. And I just never believe it. Ever. I was with some friends this week. And uh, somebody was saying how their sister mm. doesn't like seeing somebody else brush their teeth. Mm. And in it's, life? Just in life. It's okay. like, it fucking grosses her out. Oh, she wow. hates it. She's oh, disgusted by it. Don't is, brush her teeth around her. And I was like, this is deep. the most fascinating thing I've ever that heard. <laughs> Can <laughs> we go to it, therapy together? Because I really like want to hear. Why does she Interesting. Any, uh, That's any, a Hitchcock. That's a Hitchcock for sure. Any picking nits for you? Oh my, oh my God. I mean. Did we hit everything? I mean, probably, but <laughs> I just want to say like, okay, let's say that you are defending me for murder. Yeah. And while I'm sitting in prison and you're defending me, I don't know why it's the other way around, but you're married and I'm not. So this is where this is going. And, you know, some, some, you know, your, your sexy assistants in town. Yeah. Y'all go out and not eat crawdads together. Yeah. Then you drive drunk back to her <laughs> motel. I forgot about that picking day. Yeah. The, the drunk driving. <laughs> back to her motel. Y'all sit on the bed together. All the only reason y'all are doing this from a screenplay standpoint is so somebody can blow up your house. Yeah. Right? The house blows up, but at no point in the middle of your like collapsed marriage, this isn't some like crappy little house. This is a grand right. southern manse, just about. It's gone. Is Ashley Judd not just the least little bit like, what did you do? Why are you doing I'm this? I'm pretty sure she comes back that day. She's like she just shows up in a like it's a dream yeah. in his office. It doesn't make any sense. I need you need Good the nitpick. scene where she's like, okay, she's walking around the wreckage. You got to tell me what's going on right now. Yeah, because now we're homeless, or at least also, would he drunk drive if he got arrested? They would have thrown him in jail for like five years to fuck up the case, right? Yeah, and all Sandra Bullock does is drive while being female when she gets beat up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's whatever. All right. Sequel, prequel, prestige TV, all black cast are untouchable. Prestige <laughs> is interesting, but apparently there's a sequel in the research. Oh, what? There was a book published in 2020. Uh, like a, a fan A Grisham fic? book called A Time for Mercy. Oh, yeah. About Jake Brigantz mm -hmm. and McConaughey signed on and it's in development at HBO. Oh, still. And that's all I know. But he's okay. playing Jake now. Isn't that like the Lincoln big twist is Jake team? has more hair now. That's Listen, what the movie's about. Happens to the best. Of it's not world. even a case. Um, but yeah, I don't know how that's going. Is this movie better with Wayne Jenkins, Danny Trejo, Catherine Hines, Steve Buscemi, Sam Jackson, JT Walsh, or Philip Baker Hall? <laughs> Sam Jackson's in the movie. How is JT Walsh we can't do not Wayne Jenkins. in this movie? Yeah, wait, he, could, he was probably runner up for Judge News. Yeah. If I they mean, wanted to get younger. Yeah, I mean, how is he not in this movie? Probably unanswerable questions. Is Kiefer Sutherland a better bad guy or a better good guy? When was he ever a good guy? Jack Bauer, 24. Iconic 2000s TV show. 
Does he not count as does he not count as an antihero in some way? Nothing antiheroic about him. Kiefer Sutherland, better bad guy or better antihero? He's better antihero. He's not. He doesn't. The thing about Kiefer Sutherland is you just want to punch him as a bad guy. You're not scared of him. He just seems like a like a like a brat. I love him as Kendrick. That's fair. <laughs> when he when Jet when Jessup makes the joke about about uh, how he how nothing's better than being blown by your superior. Problem for me is uh, they have to elect some girl president, and you just hear Kendrick going, "He's <laughs> just an evil laugh." I love Kendrick. Uh, oh, here's a great unanswerable question. Most loathsome, despicable Kurtwood Smith character ever. The head of the KKK in this movie, or Neil's dad in Dead Poets Society. Ooh, Neil, my son, <laughs> Neil. Oh my God, there is a worse part than him as the Grand Wizard Dragon I think of the Neil's KKK. Neil's dad is a worse person. Although I got to tell you, my least favorite Kurtwood Smith performance is not in the Time to Kill. Uh oh, and it's not in School Ties or or, or Dead Poets Society. What is it? It's a RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> Another good one. There's something about that head, yeah, and that diction. You just want to like punch. You him. just really want to. Yeah. I mean, ugh, he makes you so mad. Just let Neil act. He loves acting. He just—he's the perfect bad everything. Make him the Grand Wizard. Make yeah. him the like. It's great. Yeah. Be a good commissioner. Good sports. Good. Commissioner. Good. Oh, just want to ask her who gets it. McConaughey, probably. Would you go Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson. Over, like, best supporting for Sam? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like a no-brainer. You wouldn't even have to win. Yeah. Best double feature choice with this movie. Oh, I mean... <laughs> Green Book? Ooh. You know, I thought about Green Book. That's a good one. That's what was inspired. that? Three Mississippi? What was that uh, Francis McDormand movie? Oh, Three Billboards Outside? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking was to, kill him, to Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Right? That's good. I like that. That you do that first on this. Yeah. The Indian Red Zawatne Award for what happened the next day. Do Jake and Carl ever see each other again after the barbecue? You think they're just hanging out watching football on a Sunday? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's it. Jake made his one tour and he like, drove oh, that yeah. sob up to that house. That was it. What piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? Clearly the green Porsche. The it's sob. Just, I want the sob. You like the sob. I want sob the guy. sob. Uh Coach Finstock Award for Best Life Lesson. I just wrote white people in exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what the life lesson was in this I movie. I mean, that's just it. It's also, okay to right? kill your kill your family's rapist. I mean, white people's a great one because I mean, as I said, the the point this movie, it's not the thing about this movie that's kind of exasperating because it is entertaining. It is very watchable. It is very rewatchable. Is that it's hard to watch it as a black person and be like, I'm glad they did that, right? But there's so many white people who could leave this movie and be like, yes, that's it. That is what justice looks like. That's what it should look like. There's no, there's no, there's no happy ending for any black person. It ends at a barbecue and everybody's celebrating. But what are they really celebrating, right? This guy isn't going to prison somehow because he figured out that the best way to beat racism is to use racism to your advantage, right? Well, it, I, it's just a wild, kind of depressing lesson to learn. I forgot to do this in Picking Nits when he gets Carl off 
Carl's super happy and he says to Jake, thanks. And Jake gets kind of pissy and he's like, well, I'm just one of the bad people. Yeah. And he walks off. It's like, what I, the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It's a huge problem because you just gave yeah. one of the most moving, convincing, tr like emotionally So now it's just like, ah, I got it. I had to do what I had to do in the trial. I'm just one of the bad people. The thing you say when somebody says that to you, Jake Brantz, is, yeah. you know what, Carl? I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm sorry this happened to you. You were right. I was one of the bad guys. I'm just living it day by day, Carl. That's it. I'm living it day by day. Thank you for making me <laughs> think. No, he doesn't do any of that. Nope. Who won the movie for you? It's got to be McConaughey, right? It's, it's, it's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I mean, where did he come from? He came from nowhere. Yeah. I mean, nobody had ever seen him before. That's what's really, crazy about this era know? where we have that. We have Primal Fair, which we just did. We have the Goodwill Hunting guys yep, the next Matt year. Ben Affleck are coming. DiCaprio. Basically come out of nowhere. DiCaprio, who we knew. But, but there's a lot of either come out of nowhere or elevate to some level that, whoa, that happened. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the mid-90s. Were there? But there were that did not oh, happen. Vince Vaughn was another one from, yeah. the, from the young oh, white guys group yeah. that we forgot one. about. Who really would have been like, in the, I mean, but they would have been like, if we can't get these other four people, we'll call Vince Vaughn. Don't you wish we could time machine like three of those people to now? Oh my god! I think all of these people all from time. this from that whole class. We just like wait. Shove there's them so much waste. Randall Battencuff, come on, oh, come, come on, on to 2023. Yeah, I mean, it's I have just a prestige really, TV show. for I mean, you. Brendan Fraser, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell's like, another one we didn't mention. I mean, there's. I should so have written that list down. I mean, I mean, I. You know, I mean, the, there's so many people who would do well now who they just, there was just no room, right? Like, I mean, if you want to think well, about- the flip side, the, the, the non-white, like that group has gotten way bigger and is way more involved than yeah, it was but in now the they don't Now they don't have the parts, right? The problem with the 80s and 90s was that there right, were too, too many people and there were a ton of parts. But at least they'll throw them into parts that would have gone to the white people before. Now it's the opposite where there, there are all these great actors. Yeah. And there are nothing, there's nothing for them to all do. All these great actors from Britain. Um, <laughs> all right. This podcast was produced by Kyle Creighton. Kyle. Who I hope you enjoyed your little tour in the place of Craig, who's getting married. Oh my this God, week. it's just the season. Yeah, it's okay, marriage Greg, season. Uh, we're going to be back on courtroom. Wesley's going to join us for two more. I won't say what they are, although we kind of spoiled one of them. You don't have to say You're that. out of order. <laughs> Soul court's out of order. We'll be doing that one. Uh, Wesley, good to see you. Nice to see you. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity 
on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.